Welcome to Maker Mom, a podcast where I explore the stories of Maker Moms and the life they lead. Each week, I will bring you the behind the scenes story of a new Maker Mom. I'm Katie Freeman, a furniture designer and content creator running FreemanFurnishings.com and your host of the Maker Mom podcast. You can find Maker Moms hanging out in the Facebook community at Maker Moms and on the web at MakerMomPodcast.com. If you love what you hear, please subscribe, leave a stellar review, and share this out with other Maker Moms you know. Hello and welcome to episode 107 of the Maker Mom podcast. This week's guest is Monica of the House of Esperanza. Uh, Monica came to me through um, some of my other Maker Mom friends, highly recommending that I chat with her and I'm so glad that I did. It was a wonderful conversation and we talk about things from kids to uh, you know, working from home and balance and culture. And, um, I think I just really appreciate Monica taking the time to chat with me. And I know that you will enjoy this episode as much as I do. But before we hop in to the interview with Monica, I want to give a big shout out and thanks to the patrons over on Patreon. So thank you so much, Christy of Twisted Twine, Christina B., Jeremy Spies, Sammy Go Sammy Lee, Lauren Rasp File Designs, Sven Dwarf Size Workshop, Rachel Moody Makes, Bonnie Toolmom Bonnie, ToolmomStore.com, Laura Oakley Soap Company, Mary Lou Made by Mary Lou, Amy Bison Valley Carving, Dan and Kelly Reclaim Living Store, Brandy, Studio Obey, Kathy, One Girl and Her Tools, Ellen, Little Bear Furniture, and Ethan, Ethan Carter Designs. Thank you all so very much for your ongoing continued support, helping me to produce two episodes a week for the podcast. All right, with no further ado, let's jump on in with Monica of House of Esperanza. Um, well, Monica, I always have my guests introduce themselves, so I'm going to let you go ahead and tell everyone who you are when you're ready. My name is Monica Chavez. I am the creative behind House of Esperanza. I am a maker of basically all things, whether it's sewing or woodworking or just taking a glue gun to, you know, all kinds of crafts. I do it all. And if I haven't learned how to do it, I want to, and I hope to eventually get to it in my lifetime. Awesome. Um, before we get into how you got into crafting, woodworking, DIY, all of the above, um, let's go back to your childhood a little ways. Um, where'd you grow up? What kind of things were you interested in? Uh, I am a California girl through and through. I am a daughter of immigrants, so I'm first generation American, and I uh, was born and raised in San Jose, California, which is in the Bay Area, Northern California. And in a rough part of town, I will say the east side of San Jose is not the most desirable place to grow up in. Um, but my parents were very good about making sure that I focused on education and raising me in a way that would set me up for success. And I watched them work really, really hard and watched my dad fix any and everything around the house. I watched my mom sew and she still sews to this day. That's what she does. She makes wedding dresses and all kinds of stuff. She always made our clothes growing up. So I watched them use their hands to not only make everything around us, but allow us to have things that we wouldn't have otherwise. When you're in a position where, you know, you don't have all the resources or basically um, access to things you make do with what you have. And that is something that I still carry with me, even now that I have resources. And I'm, um, I don't want to say lucky enough, because I don't believe it's all luck, but I've worked hard enough to have those things. I still have that, like ingrained in my in my mind, you know, to use what you have and do with what you can and, and share that wealth with other people. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. I I grew up with not very many resources uh, as well. And so I 
I can relate to that. My mom sewed most of my clothes growing up. And um, I, at the time, I was not grateful. But at now, now that I'm grown, I, I am like, you know, like, just even understanding the value of like, handmade gifts, like, you know, Christmas time and birthday and stuff. Like, now I totally understand it and understand like, so much more emotion behind like somebody making you something versus somebody like you know purchasing something from the store exactly so so, yeah now I get it (laughs) Mm -hmm. didn't when I was a kid probably was a little bit too bratty about it but now I understand I know (laughs) I I did when I I remember being little and going to school and you know something that my mom had made me and she was so proud and there were times and I will say and I feel so bad saying that I would be like a little embarrassed because it wasn't something like my friends had you know bought or something brand new like all the time and now I feel so much like shame for having even felt any inkling of embarrassment because now I'm making stuff for my kids and I'm so proud and I'm just like, oh, I, I hope they see the hard work that I didn't see. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Um, okay, so like when you got high school, post high school, um, what were you kind of doing at that time of life? Uh, I was, <clears throat> excuse me, I was really into school. Like I was just stuck in books. My dad had uh, so focused on academics. <clears throat> excuse me. And, you know, everyone's applying to college and talking about college. And I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do. I was a little lost in when it came to direction on you know, what I wanted to do. I just knew I didn't want to be like everybody else. I didn't want to do what everybody else was doing. Um, my dad was a career military man. So I felt like that was calling to me. And nobody wanted me to do it. My dad didn't want me to do it. And that made me want to do it even more. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, my personality just uh, lends itself to, to thriving in structure and um, any sort of organization, whether it's like a paramilitary type or military type, I do really well in, in, in that sort of hierarchy of things. Um, and I did. I, I left high school. I was 17 and I joined the Marines and I did that for five years and it was some of the best years of my life. Um, I still have friends who are there and I'm just like, oh, it's amazing. It's great. Um, it taught me a lot in my life. It also helped me. It, it taught me how to really relate to my dad in a way that I felt was missing growing up. Um, it put us on a whole different level. Uh, after that our relationship and um so I did that that that's that's where I was high school days teenage days and kind of throw yourself into something at such a young age and it molds you into who you end up becoming yeah um I've had a decent amount of maker moms on who spent time in uh military service so uh I'll say thank you for doing that. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Um, did you spend time um, in the Marines, like overseas and and stuff then with that as well? I did. My last year, I actually was sent out to Japan. Um, and what I was doing, the job that I was doing <clears throat> needed me. <clears throat> Excuse me. <laughs> the cold morning air has got me a little parched. Um, so I spent my last entire year um, stationed in Japan. Um, I, my job required that I work on uh, fixed wing jets. So I did that and tra- traveled the country, but that was what I did for the last year out of country. And that was an amazing experience. And I hope to one day be able to travel back to such an awesome country. Yeah, that's, that's pretty awesome to be able to experience. I mean, especially living there, you get kind of more immersed right in um in the culture and getting to see it like more than just I don't want to say like vacationing there's bad but more than just like vacationing there like you get to really yes learn about it um yes so working on fixed wing jets is that where you start to get like 
that sounds like a lot of mechanical aptitude to be able to do that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Anytime or anybody who wants to join the military, you have to take an aptitude test and it's uh, basically, to, you know, hours and hours of testing and asking similar questions over and over. And it spits out results like this is what you're more inclined to be good at. And the mechanical part was up there for me. And it now makes sense. I'm a full-fledged adult and I've learned plenty about myself in 37 years that it makes sense now. I do have a mechanically inclined way of thinking as I see that now in my, my second son. He's same brain. He loves to take things apart and put them back together. And I can see how things work without having to go through the entire process in front of me. And I apply that now to what I do when I DIY and create things. I can see the parts and kind of do the mm-hmm. little little thing in my head where I put them together and, and know how to get there. Did it surprise you when you took that yeah. test and it said that at first? Yeah. And the whole time I thought I was just like nerd and I, I wanted to be a lawyer and I wanted to, you know, do all kinds of stuff. And then it spit that out. And I was like, oh, okay, I guess I, let's go do this. I didn't know that I could do something with tools and taking things apart so well. <laughs> um. <laughs> Like you said, I mean, now you now you see it and you understand it. But um, what was that experience like for you then? Um, were there, I mean, in like your unit was, I'm I'm gonna claim my ignorance here. I know nothing about military, so <laughs> <laughs> um, like, were you in a unit with all women? Were you in a unit like? A mixed so gender unit? Predominantly the military is, you know, mostly male. Yeah. The Marine Corps has the lowest percentage of female um, service members. I think it, it, at the time it was about 6% women. Okay. Um, it's surprisingly enough, and I will <laughs> give credit to the fact that women have a little bit more brain power when it comes to, <laughs> to a few things <laughs> than men. No, no, I'm not trying to dog yeah, them. No. But there were actually more women in the job that I did than there were in a lot of other fields okay. because it required, um, I don't know how to say this without insulting anybody, yeah. a little bit more, more brain power. Yeah. <laughs> Just, we, 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 you know, we were able to hit the books a little bit on that one. Um, so there were more women in in my units when I traveled, even if it just sprinkled out one or two. Mm-hmm. At one time, there were three women in my shop alone, which is unheard of. And so that was nice, but I, whether it was all male or mixed or all female, I did well in, in what I was doing because it was such a structured system and mission-based and the focus is on what you're doing. Um, so that all of that stuff really didn't, didn't bother me. And I was really young and impressionable and you're just like, oh, this is the way it is, you know, now a little bit more, uh, knowledgeable about things like that I can Mm -hmm. look back and just shake my head at some things (laughs) oh yeah I was I mean I guess it was more just asking out of curiosity um with the especially the mechanical aspect I was just curious like you know what was the makeup uh, of of gender um there so once you, you spent five years uh, in the Marines, once you got out of the Marines, uh, where did you go from there? I left the Marines, started my family, and realized that the hopes that I had of being a stay-at-home mom were crushed because I realized that it might not be for me. And I used to think that there was something wrong with me as a woman that I didn't want to devote my every waking second of the day to, you know, raising a child and not feeling like that was my sole purpose in life. I wanted more with my time. I wanted more for myself. And I struggled for many years with that feeling. And I was young, 24, 24, 25 years old when I had my first son. And I come from a very traditional, excuse me, I come from a very traditional Mexican household mixed in with like first generation American and military. So there's a lot of working parts to that. My mom was very traditional Mexican woman, you know, weighed on my, still weighs on my 
dad hand and foot, you know, cooks all the meals, does all the laundry, even irons his clothes. And so I thought that's what's expected of me when I go to fulfill that role. I've did my five years in the Marines. Now let's go home and be the wife and the mom. And then I realized, why don't I like this? There's something wrong with me. So after that first year with my son, I went back to work as a 911 dispatcher. And the uh, police department that I worked with had a paramilitary organization. And I just felt like home again. There was structure, you know, there were rules, there was an order of how to do things. And I did really well in that job. I did it for almost 10 years. Um, and I, at that point, I had no idea that there was still a maker behind all of that. I thought mm-hmm. I'm, I'm just a mom and I'm going to go back to work because I need to do something for me. And so I did that uh, after the military and it was, I was good at it. I did well. I, you know, got com- commendations and excelled at it and it was great. It wasn't until um, about a year and a half, a year, I want to say about a year and a half after being in that job being in that capacity that I, uh, my first son passed away. And that was when, you know, rocked my world, everything just fell apart. And the only thing that I felt that I had left that was still normal was that job was, was what I knew day in and day out. And I'm a person of uh, routine. I love my routine. I love the structure. And I didn't know what to do with my time because I had been filled with just chasing a toddler around And so I needed to keep my hands busy. I needed to keep my mind busy. Dealing with grief and depression and all that can get really, really heavy to carry. And I found um, that learning and creating was one of my therapies. People recommend you do all kinds of stuff when, when when big losses like that happen, whether it's a group therapy or you go to therapist on your own or books, all kinds of stuff to try to help you cope. It took me a long time to figure out that creating was my coping mechanism, whether it's just as a distraction or just making me feel whole again. I'm making something with my hands. I can see it come to fruition. I can see it come from my mind out my hands and and into something in front of me. So after my son passed, I learned to crochet. I'm going to learn something new. And I just dove right in. I loved it. And I ended up um, doing that, opening a Etsy shop for a few years. And then that helped me. It was almost like a, like a a way for me to be able to give gifts to people around me that were having children. And it was difficult for me to deal with. Um, Even my sisters who had kids after that, it was, it was very difficult to watch other people have kids, watch them raise them and still be in my grief. So balancing happiness and grief, that was a a hard lesson to learn. And I was able to do that by creating something and giving it as a gift to that person. And that's how I started my Etsy shop. And that's really where I jumped in and started creating again and realizing I love this. I want to do this. How can I do something like this full time? <laughs> yeah. First of all, I'm sorry for your loss. Um, as, as a parent, I, I cannot imagine. So I'm just going to say, I'm sorry. Um, And I can also understand how uh, making is therapy. Um, It's definitely therapy for me, not for the same reasons, but it's still an act of like just mindfulness and being in that moment and um, working through anxiety and all kinds of things, you know, and just with doing stuff with my hands. Um, and, And I love that you turned it into a gift for others. Um, I can imagine that there's a lot of power in that, right? And um, helping work through uh, that time of your life. Mm -hmm. Um, Where does crocheting turn into <laughs> I know, turn right? like into DIY like, <laughs> and woodworking and such so I, I growing up like I said watching my dad you know do handy stuff around the house I was always behind him with my little hammer trying to get in on the action so I was familiar with with some basic tools and I knew that I liked that sort of thing 
and even my my grandfather was a carpenter and I watched him make things growing up too. Now I wish that he was, you know, still with us and I could pick his brain about stuff. I it's such a missed opportunity. I was little when he passed, but it's it's in my blood basically creating. Um, and so I would crochet, but I was still doing things around my home. Um, I loved as a kid painting my bedroom. My parents thankfully would let me kind of go crazy and do what I wanted in my bedroom even if it was one year I wanted to paint my bedroom blue and yellow like one wall blue one wall yellow and I'm like who let me do this <laughs> why would you let me do that at like 12 years old and they let me do it so they helped me grow that you know help plant that seed and watch it grow creativity wise and so in my home even though I was crocheting and, and selling and making these things as a, a therapy and as also an, a side hustle and income, I was still doing stuff around the house. I was still DIYing and never did I think that was what I wanted to do. I just, I'm doing this for my house. I live here. Um, and then it just, people would ask me to help them do stuff at their house and, you know, design a little bit here and there. And I say this, I don't consider myself a designer, but I, I haven't gone to design school. I don't know all the fancy lingo and the terms. I just like to take stuff apart and put it back together and then be like, oh, that looks good. That feels good. I'm going to leave it there. Like, that's it. That's as far as my design resume goes. Um, so that's how the, I was DIYing while creating all sorts of other stuff. And now I'm in a place where I basically do it all, <laughs> all the time. So I want to uh, ask if, if you don't mind, just because I've had, um, uh, um, I had a maker mom on who was from Brazil and we talked about how she started her um, making journey while in Brazil and it being very much a cultural thing about, mm -hmm. around women specifically, not using tools and not making um and since you kind of brought up to like you know in, in your household that you grew up in it was very much like traditional gender roles um <clears throat> i just i i want to understand like besides the your own self-thought of like why don't i want to be a stay-at-home mom which i totally get i went through the same thing. Um, I'm one of those moms who definitely on the second child was like, please, God, let work start again. Uh, <laughs> uh, and, and just be, you know, it took a long time to get comfortable with admitting like I'm not, I'm a much better parent when I don't spend all of my time with them. Yes. Yes. Um, so like working through that and stuff, like what's been your... I guess your family's response in like watching you get more into making things and especially working with tools. Like, is there any of that like cultural bias yes. or any of that there? So the dichotomy of it is really strange. Like I said, I grew up in a typical <clears throat> Mexican household and my dad is, you know, has his very typical Mexican wife doing all the things that she's been expected to do her whole life, but he was raising daughters, strong willed daughters. And, you know, he, it was very much like he wanted us to not always not rely on a man. And so he taught us a lot of things. He made sure that we were never going to be stranded on the side of the road and taught us how to change a tire and how to check our oil. And, and he was, so the, the balance there for him, and even to this day, we have these conversations and you, I can see it in his mind. He's, he's torn between, you know, how he grew up and maybe what he expects in his own life versus what he expects out of us and in our lives. So he loves watching us be independent and strong women. At the same time, that can be counterintuitive too. So there, there's a lot of balance, like searching <laughs> it comes to all that stuff. And I, I do feel some of those traditional uh, roles in my life with my partner. However, my husband knows I am a very strong willed woman and I expect participation. I don't expect his help. I expect his participation in our life because these are his children too. 
this is his household too. So he cooks and cleans and does a lot of things that most traditional Mexican men don't because that's an understanding that we have. Um, but I, I, I still very much respect the values and I admire the heck out of my mom for caring so much of the family in that role that she does as a traditional you know, stay-at-home mom and Mexican housewife. So there is there is a, a power struggle there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's a little voices that sit on my shoulder <laughs> when it comes to stuff like that. But now I see my daughter that I just had, and I want to be able to raise her to be strong and independent, but also appreciate those around her and be able to find a partner that will meet her halfway. Yeah. Totally. And to, I think, I think we can all agree and understand like, like what your mom does is hard work. Like yes. <laughs> is, yes. is, is more than a full-time job. Right. Yes. Um, and, and I think um, maybe you're, you're closer to seeing the, the change of roles because you had the traditional, um, you know, family that you came from and some of us might be more further removed from it depending on you know when our ancestors immigrated here but it's still there right it's still like in it and it's an evolution over time to get to that point right (laughs) of 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 joint right joint responsibility in the home Yes. And to answer your original question, my dad was okay with handing me a hammer at five years old and being right. like, here's a nail. This is how you drive it. Let's, let's go to work. So I don't really understand. Like, I, I might ask him one day, like what his line of thinking was. And it comes to stuff like that. Like, how did he not know? Or did he know that that would affect me later on in life? Mm-hmm. I mean, my other sibling, siblings aren't drawn to the things that I am creatively. So maybe it didn't you know, affect them, but all of my sisters are very much strong-willed and some of, I would say that they are a lot even more than I am mm-hmm. just because I've had a little bit of um, the structure in the military to, to form me or shape me in a, in a different way than life mm-hmm. has them. Mm-hmm. But my, my dad taught me how to use tools. And then once I dove into the DIY stuff for myself as an adult in my home, I, my mom used to always say, can't you just, can't you learn that in a book? I'm sure you can find that in a book. So I was always like, I need all the books. I need now all the blogs, all the YouTubes. So if I want to learn to do something, I'm going to learn how to do it. I'm going to learn how to use this tool. I'm going to watch this video. I'm going to ask, make new friends. And now with social media, the way it is, you can learn so many things from people who know what they're talking about that, you know, 20, 30 years ago, you would have never had access to. So now my family looks at me and I think they're starting to realize, oh, this isn't just a hobby or this isn't just something she does to, you know, be different. Now they're seeing me actually make a little bit of money and be happy doing what I'm doing and support me. That's, that's awesome. Um, I'd like to be a fly on the wall someday when you get to have that conversation with your dad, um, just because it's it's super intriguing. You know? I know, and, and maybe I'll write about it someday because there's so much there. It, there's so much behind a lot of the culture for us, and and mm-hmm. as a first generation. Um, American woman, there's a lot behind some of that stuff and and juggling it with, especially with the mom thing. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I'm sure that the people that listen to your podcast would understand that. I thought that my role in life after, you know, having my fun and ha- going right. off and getting a job was to come back and, and be a stay-at-home mom and raise children and make all the meals and cook the house or, or <laughs> make the meals, <laughs> yeah. clean the house and, you know, yeah. all that yeah. stuff. And I, I didn't like it. I didn't feel fulfilled. I needed mm-hmm. more. And that feeling never went away. So like, like what you said, with my second child, when, when he came around, I was prepared. I knew, okay, this is what I like. This is what I can expect to go through this phase in my life. This season will not you know, last forever. Mm-hmm. So my husband and I had these conversations and he was on board with whatever it was that I was going to need to make me feel whole and make me happy. And we mm-hmm. did that. Now I quit my job as a 911 dispatcher to stay home 
and be with our children. However, we knew that while I was home, I was going to be taking on Mm. other things and doing a lot of more entrepreneurial stuff because that was what I was going to need. Right. makers do you know lauren of rasp and file designs well if you don't you should definitely go check out her work you can find her on instagram rasp file designs lauren is making all kinds of cool furniture and home decor pieces out of live edge uh, hardwoods and metal bases Um, that's not all she does though so you should really go check her out and see what she's up to especially as holiday seasons are coming up and I know all of us makers really enjoy making our own Christmas presents but perhaps you're running out of time so you want to maybe go check out Lauren she's in the DC area so especially those who are close uh, location wise to her so go ahead go check her out at Rasphile Designs on Instagram and let's get back to the episode Hey makers, today's episode is brought to you by Tool Mom and Company, or some of you know her as Tool Mom Bonnie. Uh, She has all kinds of tool-related merchandise of gifts and clothing for all ages and genders available at toolmomstore.com. I have two of the coffee mugs. One says, Go Girl, and it has a circular saw with flames coming off the back, which is super sweet. And then the other one is the definition of a tool chick, which just makes you feel kind of badass when you're drinking out of it. So if you are in the market, especially as we're getting close to Christmas, for any tool-related merchandise, be that gifts or clothing, make sure you head on over to toolmomstore.com. And extra bonus, you can receive 20% off at checkout if you use the coupon code MAKERMOM. All right, let's jump back into the episode. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> staying home with the kids, but also getting, starting your own business, especially creative business can give you that outlet, right? Yes. So that's what, I mean, that's what you're doing now, right? You're yeah. running this full time. Um, is it like, are you, do you consider the your blog the full time or like, what is... If, if someone's like, okay, what do you do for a living type thing? I know. Like, is- I haven't had to go anywhere all year to answer that question. <laughs> um, because I don't, I, I spend a lot of time, most of my time on Instagram. So a lot of what I do creatively, I share it there um, and not on my blog. So what I, I, and people are like, oh, you're an influencer. You're an Instagram influencer. And I, I kind of granted that. And I, I don't want to say it when people ask me, what do you do? I'm like, oh, I'm an influencer. However, <laughs> that is the role that I'm filling on Instagram. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I share a lot of DIY. I share a lot of my, my real life. I share a lot of things that are creative and not. And so that's what I do full-time and I full-time because the hours are there, mm-hmm. whether it's creating, <laughs> you know, behind the scenes or actually sharing things online and putting together content. So I am a content creator. I'm a creative content creator. And I'd rather pitch myself as that than, oh, I'm just an influencer. Buy my, <laughs> you know, buy this thing that I'm, I'm, I'm pitching to you. Uh, what do you say you do predominantly the DIY home stuff? Um, like, I guess I'm thinking like, you know, room remodel. Um, I've seen, you know, some, some walls you've done uh, somewhat recently. (laughs) Um, Or like, is that where you feel the most comfortable? Or do you think like you want to get more into woodworking? Like what's kind of. So there is a lot of ebb and flow in, in my creative phases. This time last year, I was making dolls. I was sewing heirloom dolls and making those as my income. And those are time consuming, but they were su- they're such a great outlet for my creativity and I can sew and I can use different textiles. And I love doing that. Never did I think I was going to spend the next year you know, working on um, most, working on my home that would include a lot of sponsorships. So what a lot of people don't realize is, is that now my content is dictated by the jobs that I'm able to get now because I am in a position to do that. 
So before we would do one or two big projects for the entire year because we would chip away at it, you know, save up, Mm -hmm. spend the money, spend the weekends on it. Now I'm diving into that and doing a couple of big projects a month. So that changes there because that is now my job. Mm-hmm. And I know it's not like realistic for it, your average homeowner to be able to do that. I, I, I get it. That's my job though. And I have to remind people of that now. Mm-hmm. I want to get back to sewing, um, but I have a lot more resources now to be able to do the DIY portion of it. And we moved into this home four years ago now, and there were a lot of changes that we wanted to make. And I am happy to be in that season in our lives where I am able to, to do that. I am able mm-hmm. to provide not only, not only spend the time making the changes, but use them as my work and create a home that we love to be in and be able to use that for content and share with other people. And I like to teach. That is one of the things that I, that I've discovered about myself. I, I do love to teach. I did it in all of the jobs that I've had in some way, shape or form. And I'm finding that I still like to do that. So whether it's sewing or woodworking, or I mean, just how to paint because I had a whole paint week. I I love to teach and just show people how to do things in a way that is accessible to a lot of people and not just one style of learning. I would love to learn more about woodworking because I'm in that season of life where it's advantageous to me. Mm-hmm. So it, like I said, the ebb and flows, different phases. I have no idea where <laughs> my creativity is going to take me in, you know, this time next year. And I like that. I, I don't like being comfortable in something that I'm doing. Once I'm comfortable, I'm like, okay, I got to move on to something else <laughs> because I, I like to learn and I like to be uncomfortable and I like to be a beginner at things. And most people have a hard time understanding that, you know, they want to be an expert on that one thing and stay in that box and you should focus on one thing. Oh, I don't, I don't, I don't work that way. I like Mm -hmm. to be a beginner at things because that's when you can make mistakes and it's okay. Yeah. You know, I, I, I've said this before on the podcast, but I think that's the difference between like a, a maker and then somebody who's like a fine craftsman and something. Yes. Right. Like a maker, uh, tends to get, I would say, get bored <laughs> easily, <Yes. laughs> you know, and it's like, you have to like constantly, like you probably have a few different projects going on at a time because exactly you and just it, have to keep moving. Yeah. And that can make it intimidating when you are talking to people who are craftsmen in their fields, like, especially woodworking. Mm-hmm. And, you know, from going to the conference, it's a, for me, that can be a little intimidating meeting somebody who is honed in their craft very specifically on that one thing. And I'm over here. I'm just, I'm a DIYer. I'm a, <laughs> right. you know, I'm a maker. And so I'm sure that they, they balk at some of the stuff that people like me do, but that's because my creative brain just leads me that way. Mm-hmm. Have you uh, experimented at all with like um, upholstery, just because you mentioned yes. like textiles and stuff like that? Yes. I found that. The, and I do, I love to thrift. I love to rescue, you know, stuff out of the trash basically <laughs> and, and bring it back to life. And that goes back to, you know, using your resources that, that you do have mm-hmm. access to. So chairs are one of my favorite things. Um, last, a couple of years ago, I spent some time reupholstering some chairs that we used in our patio in our old house. Um, I still have some furniture down in my little hoard pile in the garage waiting for me to get to, 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 you know, reupholster and take care of. So I, I dabbled in it. I am no expert. I, but I do have friends that are, and I can't wait to pick their brains about how to do something and do it correctly. I know. I so badly want to learn how to do upholstery like way better than I, (laughs) I won't even try to front like I know what I'm doing when it comes to upholstery, but. um, But you're trying and I'm trying. So especially this year, right, with uh, COVID uh, has everybody kind of staying home more anyways. (laughs) has everybody remodeling their homes even if they weren't into that beforehand um have you you said you know this is your full-time job now but I just I'm curious a bit about being a content creator myself I've seen some struggles with 
uh, brands this year being like up for wanting to do that type of work with influencers or content creators. Um, and I get it right. They're uncertain of where their future lies. Mm-hmm. And so uh, mm-hmm. the purse, the purse strings start to tighten up. Um, so I was just curious, like if you could spend some time talking about like, what's that process looking like for you right now, especially with COVID. So after the conferences, you know, earlier this year, back in February, March, I left Atlanta, you know, and I was excited and all these new partnerships and new people I was meeting. And then literally like two weeks later, <laughs> the country shut down and everything just kind of stopped. And I was, I was sad. I was genuinely sad at the opportunities that I had just were finally within my grasp. And I feel like they were just taking away. And I know that I, I feel selfish now saying that because the pandemic is something you know we're mm-hmm. taking seriously and it should be taken seriously. And so immediately brands and companies are like, oh, hold on, we're going to back up every pause, everything, pause all the money, pause all the projects. So there were some things that were in limbo for a few months after that. I think once we realized as a, you know, as the world realized this isn't going away over not overnight anyway we still have to live every day jobs still have to be filled people still have to be able to function so I think there is some adapting that is taking place Um, a lot of these brands brought their staffs back and they're working from home now and they're finding ways to incorporate whatever products are that we need or use in our homes into the pandemic season so things have picked up again I contracts have restarted, which is nice for me because I'm, I'm able to get back to work and, and work on the things that I love for, for not only just my sanity, but, you know, to put money in, in my bank account with people being home now in you know, eight months later, we're realizing how much time we spend at home and that we want to love that the spaces that we're in uh, most of the time people work you know, all day long, mm-hmm. they just sleep at home. And now they're like, oh, well, I, I need this. I want this. I would like this. Make changes to the spaces that they're in. W- even with their kids at home, with some people still doing, you know, distance learning or choosing to, to homeschool, people are now more than ever modifying the spaces that they live in to fit their needs and their wants. And people like me can come in and be like, this is how you can do that and share in how I do it because I've been doing it my whole life right (laughs) um at least your your daughter is still fairly new how (laughs) old's how old's your um son is he home still too three okay so he's three and she's four months today (laughs) okay so Especially like this was something that was kind of hard uh, for me specifically with the the pandemic of like I admitted I had already learned about myself. I am not meant to be a stay at home mom. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, in March, all of a sudden, both kids are home yeah. <laughs> full time for quite some time, <laughs> um, uh, which meant I wasn't like in, in my day job job. Uh, came to a screeching halt and so it was just like okay what do what do I do you know mm-hmm. um, and having conversations with some of my friends who uh, non-pandemic times are stay-at-home moms um, yeah and having you know conversations of like how do you even do this like I don't know how you manage this and conversations like well yes but also normally we can go to parks and we can go to museums and we can go do things Mm -hmm. uh so this is something regardless if you're stay-at-home mom or not is new to all of us as parents um having kids home this much yes uh so what's that been like for you, especially since you're somewhat on the same wavelength as me in the sense of like, this isn't something that we uh, maybe excel at full time. <laughs> that was difficult. That was difficult having everybody at home 
for, you know, a long period of time and having to learn to tolerate things that maybe we weren't accustomed to. And I was pregnant, very pregnant. So that added a little bit of stress to that and being pregnant during, during the pandemic is like its own thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, with over time, my, my husband and I found ways to share that load and he is an essential worker. So he kept his schedule. Um, he was home for a little bit, but then afterwards realized like he's needed at work. He's going to have to work no matter what. That was very difficult for me when he went back and, you know, not being able to have the help of family when you're expecting Mm -hmm. and you have a little one running around and you want to tear your hair out. That was very, very difficult. And I know there's so many moms out there that are, went through that and are still going through that Mm -hmm. now with things, you know, changing a little bit. And in California, some of the restrictions being lifted, uh, my son has been able to go back to be with um, a caretaker of his in which has been just fantastic for me <laughs> to be able to, to feel like I can breathe again. And I, I know there are a lot of moms out there that are waiting to have that feeling waiting, mm-hmm. you know, and difficult decisions in front of us about school or, you know, daycare and things like that. And everyone needs to do what is best for them mm-hmm. without having to feel any sort of guilt or shame. Mm-hmm. And so we've made the decisions for us that work for us and that we feel good doing. Essie is home with me. They're, they're like, I'm not going to hand her off to somebody. She's yeah. still too little. <laughs> <laughs> but we find time for me to get in what I need to get in for myself and for work, because it's not just like, Oh, mommy needs some me time. Well, now it's, I got to work now. And I mm-hmm. call it work because I'm, I'm giving it, it gives it a lot of weight when I say that. It's not just like, oh, she's in the garage doing something. I don't know. She's working on a project. Everyone says, oh, she's got projects. No, I'm, this is work for me now. It's mm-hmm. it's work for myself. It's work for my family. It's putting money in our bank account. Like it's legit. It's not just right. me, <laughs> you know, me having a good time, even though everyone should make that a priority. For yes. Yes. Whether you're getting paid or not. Yes. So yeah, the pandemic has definitely flipped everybody on its head and like, you're not alone. Okay. <laughs> Which is, thank you for saying that, because sometimes you're just like, oh, even though the everyone, I, I've said this to close friends of mine, just saying like, I know we are all going through this together, but I feel like we're all going through this together on our own little islands. Yes. And it just, and we're social beings. And so it's like, I need social interaction that goes outside of like, through a phone. Like yes. I, I appreciate social media and Instagram specifically, but sometimes I'm like, I just need to be like in the same vicinity of another person outside yes. of like and, my family. <laughs> and that's something that I've come to learn and how to um, interact with people who are like that, whose personalities are like that, because I'm not, I honestly, when people initially, when lockdown happened and, you know, we're quarantined, everybody's at home. I'm like, oh, this is normal for me I rarely (laughs) socialize outside of my Mm -hmm. house um, because I'm an introvert an extreme introvert and like this I can do this I I I can you know talk to somebody you know via uh, some sort of digital communication just fine but put me in a room full of people and I immediately start sweating and I start you know doing the awkward introvert things so being at home for me was never an issue because that's just, I, I like being here. I've created spaces that I love to be in and every corner of this place is a little sanctuary for us. And that was a goal when we purchased this house. And that is the goal when we remodel a space. So I've learned how important it is to know that other people are not like that. And that we all have our struggles. For me, the struggle is socializing. For you, the struggle is not socializing. Yes, I'm one of those. I'm one of those weird people. I'm an what is it? An extroverted introvert. Yes. So, like the majority of the time, I am, I am cool being on my own, and like realizing when I pick my kids up from school that I haven't talked, opened my yes. mouth <laughs> since I dropped them off for school, um, and then that's okay. Uh, but yeah, even this pandemic even pushed me to a point of like, just oh, I can imagine like, just some, 
just someone and preferably above the age of like 18 too yeah. it gets to a, <laughs> it gets having to a dog conversation yes. is important yes <laughs> um all right so what are some of your upcoming projects that you're excited to be getting into I'm always excited about everything. <laughs> <laughs> I have one of those, um, I have a conversation with some friends. I launch myself into the next idea. Like I have an idea and I get super excited and riled up and I just want to like, just vomit it out and get it out for everybody to see. And I'm learning um, now that it's a part of my content creating process to refine things a little bit more and to kind of take a pause. Okay, let's lay this out. Let's plan this. So that's still a work in progress for me because I get so excited about stuff. I just want to just share with everybody and do everything. And it's not like that now when, when you do it for, for work, you have to get authorization for things. You have to go through, you know, a process, you have to come up with the idea, pitch it. And then if it sticks, then see it through fruition. Mm-hmm. And that process is new to me. And what I don't ever want to go away is that that feeling where I want to launch into it, that excited, creative feeling. I love that, which is why I like to go from, you know, from one thing to the other. So right now we are uh, in the middle of working on my son's room, you know, getting uh, phase three underway. We're going to be creating a big giant bed installation for him, almost like a like a little house kind of like it's, it's a build. It's, there's a lot of mm-hmm. wood that's going into this thing and it's going to have um, a built in reading nook into it with like a, an attached day bed. I'm working with some friends of mine to design plans for it. It's that's going to be awesome. So finishing his room is on the calendar and I've got a couple of things that are in the air, you know, waiting to see if, mm-hmm. if we can get approval for it in order to move forward. But in between all that stuff, I fit the mom things and I fit things that I want to do for myself to feed my creative soul that aren't work now. So things like sewing, I'm still in the middle of sewing masks that I want to sell um, because this pandemic isn't going anywhere, like we said. So if I can help people be safe in a way um, where we can take the resources spent on that and apply it to other things, whether it's back into my business or I can turn around and donate it to people that need the money. Mm-hmm. that's that's where my mind is you know filling those gaps in between the sponsored stuff for me in, in in a way that I can I can also help other people while I'm helping myself so there's that there are a few unfinished projects that I I am like right there on that list for me I want to get done um I painted my stairs last year or, or very early this year right before we went to Atlanta uh, for the conference, I had just finished painting the stairs. I still got to get the runners installed. So that's on there. And when people ask like, hey, did you ever finish your stairs? I'm like, oh, no, it's one of those 95% <laughs> projects because I'm taking on things, you know, that I'm getting paid for. So the things I'm not getting paid for, are, mm-hmm. you know, waiting on the back burner. So finishing projects is definitely on the list. And that's one of them, along with a few others that are in the 95% pile for me. So what do you do, especially now that you're in this space where you do get to get paid to do things that, you know, do these projects, what do you do when there's like a project that you really want to do, but it's not getting approved? Like, I will find a way to still do it. And maybe because that's what we were doing before. Right. What's changed now. And I said this to my husband about two years ago when I when I dove into this full time I said I want to be able to keep doing what I'm doing and get paid for it I want to like keep fixing our house and designing and doing all of these amazing ideas but I want to get paid for it and I thought that was just the craziest (laughs) idea but it turns out that's what DIY influencers do like that's that's what that job actually is Mm -hmm. so I fell into it and it, it's working out for me. So if, if there's an idea and it gets pitched and it gets turned down for whatever reason, or maybe there is not an opportunity for that to come to the table, mm-hmm. we will still find a way to do it. And maybe that means, you know, saving up our pennies so that we can make it happen and carving out the time to do it. And there are still projects like that that are on the calendar for us because I, 
as much as it's nice to have a lot of work at once, I don't want to get a burned out and I don't want everything I do to just be sponsored content. Mm-hmm. Um, but the sponsor, I want people to understand that the sponsored content that people take on allows them to stay in that space. It's paying for your time. It's paying for the ability to be able to keep doing what you're doing. Mm-hmm. So that is necessary for me to be able to do this full time. Yep. Totally, totally get it. Um, <clears throat> we're actually coming to towards the end of our time together. <laughs> if you can believe so it. I know. <laughs> um, so I want to make sure you get uh, another chance to shout out how everyone can find you and follow along with you on all of the interwebs. Thank you. You can find me on Instagram. Of course, that's where I spend, you know, most of my, of my creative time at house of Esperanza. And there's a period in between all of those words, house.of.esperanza. My blog is houseofesperanza.com. And I do have a shop, hov.shop, where I do list anything that I make with my hands and I decide to sell. And so I'm working on a few things to to put on there. I am also in the midst of developing a course that I'm really excited about Mm -hmm. to get out there. And it's, you know, in the works. Um, I'm working with some really talented friends of mine. I'm hopeful for a launch early next year. Got a ton of ideas. Because like I said earlier, teaching is one of the things that I love to do. And I want to be able to watch people learn and grow and fulfill whatever needs that they have outside of just the typical things, especially like being a mom. Awesome. Well, thanks so much, Monica, for chatting with me today. Yeah. So much fun. I can't wait until next year when we can maybe (laughs) run into each other at conferences again. I know. I know. All right. So again, that was Monica of the House of Esperanza. I'll include the links on how you can follow along with her in the description for the podcast, or you can check out the podcast page that is now up and available on the relaunch of my website, freemanfurnishings.com. So you can check it out there too, to make sure you have the links to follow along with her if you're not already. Now, if you're really enjoying the podcast, please make sure that you hit that subscribe button, head on over to iTunes, leave a five-star review. All of that allows the algorithms to know that you're enjoying this podcast and that will then serve it up to other people who might enjoy it as well. Also, make sure you're following along over on Instagram at Maker Mom Podcast and share about your favorite episode, what maker you've uh, learned more about, put it in your stories, put it in your feed. Make sure you tag Maker Mom Podcast. I love getting those notifications that have been tagged in a share, and then I can share it out as well. If you want to check out about becoming part of the tribe over on Patreon, just head on over to patreon.com forward slash Maker Mom podcast. There's four different tier levels over there. Any of the tier levels will get you access to any additional content, such as live podcast interviews, where you get to participate, uh, as a guest on the Zoom meeting when I'm doing the interviews and you get to ask questions at the end to whoever the guest is that week. So stay tuned for those coming towards the end of this year and into the start of next year. There is a one, three, five dollar tier level that comes with different merchandise. And then there is a $30 tier level that makes you an official sponsor of the podcast, which means you get your own little ad spot in every episode every week. And lastly, if you think you might just want to grab a Maker Mom Podcast t-shirt or sticker, uh, hit me up again at Maker Mom Podcast on Instagram. Shoot me a message and we will make that happen for you. Now, when I am not interviewing or editing to make podcast episodes, you can find me designing and making furniture and other home decor for bold homes over at Freeman Furnishings.com and at Freeman Furnishings across all of the social media platforms. That's TikTok and YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn. I'm most active over on Instagram, TikTok, 
and YouTube if you want to check those out so you can see what project I have going on right now. All right, so it is the end of the week. We are getting closer to Thanksgiving, which I know for many, many, many of you that is going to look different this year due to the pandemic. Um, but still, I imagine it will mean some time off. And uh, so I hope you are able to plan for that coming up. And I hope you get to spend time out in the shop making something, time with your family, time just making sure you're taking care of yourselves and those you love. All right, until next week, I will see you later. Thank you for listening to the Maker Mom podcast. You can connect with the Maker Mom community in the Facebook group page, Maker Moms. And remember, if you enjoyed listening to this episode, please subscribe, leave an awesome review, and share this out with other Maker Moms you know. Oh,